beginning of our day how did your day begin when did when did it begin has it begun <laughs> was it a beginning was there ever a time when you weren't there <laughs> is the source, is the origin of experience. When did that begin? <clears throat> so one of those it's a question or a question one rarely ever asks. <laughs> Seems pointless. It's actually a very important question. Not that there's going to be an answer to it, but it's just to turn, turn one's attention, the origin. Where does the sound begin? Feeling. mental activity pleasure, pain, mental movement where does the body begin as an experience where was it in the night time So we come into an occasion like this for review, for cultivation. It's making it possible to explore this sort of this, uh, meaningless question. It's actually a very illuminating question, illuminating uh, direction. Self stretch, stretch your spine. Open your body, take a few breaths. Just the notice when the, the sound strikes the ear, the sound of a voice strikes the ear. When you pick up a mantra, the words, pick up a breath, pick up the experience the body happens to you. Say, so, you know, something so ordinary and obvious as that, completely um, Buddhist, unspiritual, just there it is. Was it always there? We assume it was. What we look into directly, you know, 
It's just different, different tones and qualities shifting, swelling up, tingling, pulsing. Where is the body that we take, we assume, we take for granted, we would all agree we have one? Yeah, yeah, just directly what actually is there. Notion, turning of attention, the rising of phenomena, we call them sensations, energies, agreeable, disagreeable, some you might call your back, your legs, you might call them your hands or your face. And probably at any given time, you, you, if you were really clear about it, you'd recognize you only have bits. At this moment, you don't have feet, as far as you could really discern. Oh, yeah, feet, oh, that's there. What happens to the, what happens to the right side of my neck? Oh, that isn't there now. Noticing is kind of, we have a notion body, but actually you have these discrete phenomena popping in and flashing through. Where does it be- begin? With turning the attention in that direction, turning that direction towards the, the field, body, body field, which means something knows where to look, where to turn to, and these various uh, more stronger, discrete phenomena begin to move, rise through. If we're not particularly, you know, concerned or activated by the phenomena themselves you know so it's just that and that and that it's not great but it's, there it is and, and it's turning towards that field in that direction where is the body that uh, that can happen and when you, you do that you you get almost behind, or behind the sensations. They just come running in, moving in, placing your attention at the source of where these phenomena arise. It's quiet there. It's Strangely, <laughs> you know, it's not a knee or a shoulder, it's just a sense of embodiment, which has no particular phenomena associated with it. And the phenomena come running in onto that. What is the source of phenomena? It's turning of attention. You can take that down to uh, a breathing. 
we all probably would acknowledge we breathe in and out most of the time we doesn't we don't really it's not really happening to us because with attention is somewhere else what if we just turned attention to waiting for an in-breath surely you must breathe in you'd be dead by now swelling, pulling moving through phenomena, cascading, sliding through where do they end? Phenomena quieting down, open moment, nothing much. Only breathing out, turning attention. In this way, there's a stability. Phenomena are not stable. Phenomena are inherently unstable. They're always changing, shifting. They're agreeable or disagreeable, they're always changing and shifting. So the mind that's absorbed in phenomena will be doing that. It will be changing and shifting. The mind that's not absorbed in phenomena, but into this source of phenomena, finds a stable place, which is peaceful open, it's strangely absent of any phenomena and yet it's something that can be attended to how is that? (laughs) and also notice it's it's so common that we don't even realize it that movement on, once you've begun to turn the attention that way, is the movement onto phenomena, onto a feet, onto the felt experience. Mm. So, like contracting of attention, uh, handling it, mm. and then whatever mental feeling arises with that mental energy being placed into that energy of attention being placed into that and trying to do something with it or make it happen or you know, a bit more activation, a little bit more me goes into it here I am trying to follow my breathing and however you know, what energy I can do with that or being able to do it, or drifting off, or why bother? So then, losing it, and then the mind welling up, mind welling up with its uh, what we call the mind. That is this cascade of uh, moods, inclinations, thoughts, and so forth, welling up, and then following that, going into that with its meanderings, its driven qualities and uh, endless train going to nowhere where does that arise? directing the moment the mind arises the rising of the mind should be known 
you can place your attention at the arising of the mind. And once the mind has arisen, that stream of mental phenomena, then there's stuff to do. And mind arises, not just stuff to do, it's it's sooner or later, probably quite soon, a degree of stress begins to come in. It's unevenness is stressful. It's, uh, it's unevenness is uncomfortable, stre- un- stressful. It's trying to get to a point. It's unfinished. Doesn't quite fit. It's untidy, clunky. It's, I mean, it suddenly spurts and rushes onto something rather fascinating. That, that surge of that embedded in that and drifting on that still doesn't quite settle and fit and feel comfortable and it hits something uncomfortable unpleasant it really gets agitated it starts getting stressful and it tries to deal with it here we go <laughs> where does that arise you know the rising of mental feeling and with the arising, you, you can begin to recognize you're about to suffer. <laughs> Particularly uh, phenomena themselves are like this, not great. They struggle, they lumber, they spurt, they move, they surge. And then there's the me arises, and trying to make it into something more comfortable, agreeable, about to suffer, and then am suffering, <laughs> stressing, agitating, feeling disappointed, trying to make it work. Uh, what, what am I doing this for? I'd like to do something else instead, where I wouldn't suffer. Uh, I feel happy, go for a walk, uh, something to eat, you know, move, shift, do something. You know, certainly, or the pent up urge to suffer. thinking it will take me out of suffering. Uh, well, you followed this uh, trail for a long time. This will take me out of stress. This train, jump on this one. It says, no, it says this is no, no stress train. It's got, heading, to, heading to the place of, of no stress. When does the train stop? <laughs> Well, it doesn't. Except if you come to where it begins, non arising. It's a way of turning attention back to the source and you can encapsulate that in who is listening who is feeling who is thinking just a short phrase that by itself is 
kind of meaningless. Uh, there's no answer to it, but it's just that ability to turn. It's a reminder to turn attention. And widen. Notice that, that that signlessness that's not there, that signlessness, that sense of if you turn attention to the source, widen, relax, widen. Widen your attention, soften your intentions, receive. degree to which you can rest in that. So I was saying earlier in this uh, retreat, this uh, Dhamma practice is about work, about food, about rest. This is the rest place. Place that's rare to to arrive at, to return, it's a returning place it's actually the only, only place we can go to where you actually get off the train. The rest of it is just uh, slowing, the, slowing the pace, changing the direction. So in a Dhamma practice, yeah, we do change the direction. We do slow the train. We direct the train. It's going to head towards uh, something a bit more, uh, um, more ethically straight down that track, um, calmer, moderate, yeah. restraining, putting, changing the speed, directing the train into a particular uh, piece of territory, such as breathing, walking, embodiment, feel, body feelings, because this is a place where perhaps uh, one can witness the arising of emotions more, more meaningfully if you re- if you ex- when you're experiencing emotional tides which of course we are sometimes nothing much sense of mild joy perhaps or ease or but then of course there are quite stormy emotions we think the emotion is because of her or him or what they did or what I didn't do. It's arising because of that annoying thing that happened to me yesterday. Which is one way of looking at it, which, yeah, that's just taking you to a different territory in the same field, field of mind, different, different carriage on the train. 
different seat on the same train. Eventually emotion doesn't stop, just because I can now associate it with that event that happened yesterday, that stirred me up. So how how useful is that? But if we say, well, where, just can you tell me not why it arises because of him or her or that, but where does it arise? It arises in my mind. Can you find, can you right now find the point in your mind where it arises? Since it's arisen, it must have risen somewhere. And you can direct it to that, and you'll find that uh, at, some, at some point there's an energy moving in the embodied field, shifting. So, okay. somewhere in this embodied field, you'll feel a tensing up, rippling, shimmering, very pleasant, unpleasant, and something in your body. Emotion begins in your body. If you feel it there, then there isn't the addition of the story and the explanation and the pictures and the people and the events that keep the train running. You feel it arising there in the body. And you widen your attention, and you breathe in and out, and you're feeling that happening. Just by not putting more mental stuff onto it, that energy which we could becomes emotion is a, is a doesn't do it. It begins to release, and the mental quality is uh, softens. And it feels satisfied. It steadies. It's, it suffuses the embodied field. And as it passes, as it moves through, there's a feeling of completion. Experience something that seems to complete. This is work to do this, but the experience of completion, ah, that's, uh, that's rather pleasant, that's uh, ah, relief. And so the you know this is the work of attention, the work of intention, 
of our of our uh, motivation, you could say, is so often uh, evolved with well, what about what next? That's the movement of intention. Do this, and then I do that, and then that'll be finished with that, and then on to the next thing, and that'll be good, and then sort that, and then on to that, and that. And when how long does this take before I get to the end of this, and then we'll go to something next. This is called the arising of time. Arising, that movement of intention. One of your intention is you work your intention to be that which is uh, about rec- uh, receiving. You can't keep opening it to that. About listening, about receiving. So whatever it is, it's never the case that nothing happens. There's no hurry. Because things happen by themselves. You don't have to, you know, oh, well, let's try and get something happening. Because things do happen. And so you listen to that. You wait for that experience of, well, okay, now now what? Uh, like, now, now, uh, now um, what am I supposed to? Uh, now, what, what, what the next thing is... Where is that? You know, that jumping, that tugging. We receive that occurring. Opening, widening. This thing. That also can complete. This completing is rest takes the work because it's emotionally taxing to change one's intentions, one's attention. It's emotionally strange. It's also selfless. That wish to be somebody, to make things work, to arrive at somewhere, to have things sorted out, to be able to do it, make it, make it happen, do it. you know, get on with it, do it. This is called the movement towards karma, towards action. It's so strong. That it takes work to turn it around. In that working of turning it around, then we just a sense of uh, encouragement and uh, goodwill. Something else will happen. It'll be pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. That's it. <laughs> it'll move along for a while, move on to the next thing. That's that's the script. That's the story. Uh, if one is wishing for completion, I feel I've had enough of this. Really, uh, not even annoyed with it and just like it would be nice to just get off the train and this is this is how you do it you don't get off the train by running forward jumping out and trying to jump out of the train you, jump, you go to where does the train leave from then you mark that and just bear in mind about to become somebody or about you know when that happens 
about to be, I'm about to become that person again, that me who does, who wants, who gets spiritated, who feels why bother, who does the best she can or the best he can, and so on, and isn't really, really completed yet, doesn't quite finish it, and you know, it's time, she gets tired, and he, here, here she is again, there she is again. Okay, receive her, receive him. Where did she come from? She came out of that movement when attention clasped, intention got moving. There she is again. Or one of her, or one of him. Returning to the source. It's very rare to be able to rest at the source completely, but you can return to it and get those moments of it. And every moment of those is like you're actually doing something revolutionary in terms of the web of causality that we seem to be stuck, trapped in. You're finding the holes in the net. More that more that you can keep returning to those holes in the net. First of all, you know you begin to the really the really ugly ones, the stuff that the really unpleasant trains. You just you don't get onto them. Yeah, you know, something you, you can, it takes a little more effort and energy to get really upset about something if you turn to the source of it you experience that trembling but the energy isn't committed doesn't get committed to big time suffering which big time suffering takes quite a lot of commitment we really have to jump on the train and get going with it returning so you begin to, oh yeah, that kind of suffering, that really, really getting steamed up. Somehow just this sense of the turning means the energy doesn't quite go into that so fully and completely. The big time rush into, I've really got to get do this. I've really got to get, I've really, really, I can't stand it. I've got to get it, I've got to. This is a lot of energy getting into that. And it's turning. That's, you're not annoyed by it or complaining about it or just turning. Where does it arise from? And if you're turning, the energy of turning, of shifting, begins to head off that impulse where we energy gets thrown into these huge vortexes and torrents of compulsion. Certainly, you know, we have to hear some rather unpleasant voices. Uh, uh, Some deeply personal, you know, uh, plangent, wailing voices, muttering voices, desperate voices. 
you've heard them you've heard them already you can hear them you can listen and you're not you're listening not to adopt them to believe in them or to fight with them or to tell them to shut up you're listening to them just to listen to the source because that would be useful wouldn't it why you get so steamed up but why isn't quite the question that takes you to the source the question why adds more material to it I'm like this because I'm a I'm a Leo born with a Capricorn rising and I was never, you know, I'm born in a really poor part of town and so forth and my mum was like this and then this happened, I went to school and, 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 and then uh, got into that habit and after a while when I was 28 I decided and I got married and then that was a disaster and then so I'm really messed up and then, uh, uh, well there's a lot more material <laughs> So we don't really ask why, you say where? Where? It's arising in my mind. Well, where's that? And as you return to that, you think, yeah, it's actually sort of arising in my body, does this agitated, trembling, widening, softening. So that's that's, that's our work. And then, uh, you know, feeding, feeding with encouragement and kindness, acceptance and calming. Take your time. Everybody gets this. Make a long, slow, take your time. Feeding. Presence. Resting. Where's this completed? Not that we're trying to make it complete. Because that's a movement forward in time. We're not trying to go forward in time to the place where this all will end sometime in the future if I do this. Now we, we're turning the other way. This is why this is strangely elusive. We get to the end by going to the beginning. How ridiculous is that? How do you get to the end of something by going to the beginning of it? <laughs> that's why. Dhamma practice is sometimes slightly crazy when you put it in words. But when you do it, you think, oh, that's right. Because the source of it is where the web of causality arises. If you go to the beginning of that, the web and weave of causality doesn't arise or have to arise what arises less convincingly, less intensely, less personally, it's just that. Mm-hmm. So you're gradually going further back to the source, 
of non-arising before the designations get in. Training oneself to do just that simple but perplexing shift. This is the place of rest. Let's take some time for direct practice. Welcome to stand, shift around quietly, carefully. Just trying to make you give yourself enough support to uh, practice in a way that is rare and goes against the grain. Mm.